Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this Friday in the first week of Lent, the 23rd of February, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Easter. Today we commemorate Polycarp of Smyrna, pastor and martyr. A disciple of John, Polycarp was bishop of Smyrna for many years before he was arrested, tried, and executed for his faith in approximately A.D. 155. The martyrdom of Polycarp, an eyewitness narrative, continues to encourage believers, particularly in times of persecution, even to this day. Our readings for today are Psalm 73, Psalm 133, Psalm 38, Genesis chapter 13, verses 1 through 18, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, and paragraphs 50 through 57 of Article 1 of the Solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 73rd Psalm. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death, their bodies are fat and sleek, they are not in trouble as others are, they are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore pride is their necklace, violence covers them as a garment, their eyes swell out through fatness, their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice, loftily they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore his people turn back to them, and find no fault in them. And they say, How can God know? Is their knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease, they increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean, and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken, and rebuked every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. Truly you set them in slippery places, you make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors like a dream when one awakes. O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant, I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen.
Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 133rd Psalm. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's third reading from the Psalter is the 38th Psalm. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath, for your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All the day I go about mourning. For my sides are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. But I am like a deaf man, I do not hear, like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I have become like a man who does not hear, and in whose mouth are no rebukes. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. For I said, Only let them not rejoice over me, who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity, I am sorry for my sin. But my foes are vigorous, they are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good, accuse me because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord, O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Genesis, and we will be reading the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 18. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negeb. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold, and he journeyed on from the Negeb as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. 
At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley, and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise! Walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent, and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Mark, and we will be reading the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many and he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus, and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion, sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away, and began to proclaim in the Decapolis 
how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Solid Declaration of the Formula of Concord, and we will be reading Article 1, paragraphs 50 through 57. Terms and Expressions For terms and expressions, it is best and safest to use and retain the form of sound words, used about this article in the Holy Scriptures and the above-mentioned books, to avoid argument about words and expressions, which are applied and used in various senses, they should be carefully and distinctly explained. For example, it is said that God creates the nature of people. By the term nature, the essence, body, and soul of people are understood. But often the character or disposition of a thing is called its nature. For example, it is said that it is the nature of the serpent to bite and poison. In a similar way, Luther says that sin and sinning are the character and nature of corrupt mankind. Original sin properly means the deep corruption of our nature, as it is described in the small cult articles, but sometimes the concrete person or the subject, that is, a person himself with body and soul, in which sin is and dwells, is also included under this term, because a person is corrupted by sin, poisoned and sinful. For example, Luther says, Your birth, your nature, and your entire essence is sin, that is, sinful and unclean. Luther himself explains that by nature sin, person sin, and essential sin, he means that not only the words, thoughts, and works are sin, but that the entire nature, person, and essence of a person are altogether corrupted from the root by original sin. A congregation of ordinary people ought to be spared the Latin words substantia and accidens in public sermons, for they are unknown to ordinary people but learned people among themselves, or with others to whom these words are not unknown, may use such terms in discussing this subject, as Eusebius, Ambrose, and especially Augustine, and also still other eminent church teachers have done. For these terms were necessary to explain this doctrine in opposition to heretics. The terms assume a division that has no middle ground, so everything that exists must be either substantia, that is, a self-existent essence, or accidents, that is, an outward thing that does not exist by itself essentially, but is in another self-existent essence, and can be distinguished from it. Cyril and Basil also use this distinction. Among others, the following is a sure, indisputable axiom in theology. Every substantia or self-existing essence, so long as it is a substance, is either God himself or God's work in creation. In many writings against the Manichaeans, in common with all true teachers, Augustine has condemned and rejected the following statement, after due consideration and with seriousness. Original sin is man's nature or substance. Like Augustine, all the learned and intelligent have always maintained, when something does not exist by itself, it is not a part of another self-existing essence, but exists subject to change in another thing. It is not a substantia. That is, it is not something self-existing. Instead, it is an accidens. That is, it is something accidental. So Augustine is accustomed to speak in this way constantly. Original sin is not human nature itself, but an accidental defect and damage in human nature. 
Before this controversy, people spoke in this way, also in our schools and churches, according to the rules of logic, freely and without being suspected of heresy. They were never condemned on this account either by Dr. Luther or any orthodox teacher of our pure evangelical churches. It is the indisputable truth that everything that is is either a substance or an accident, that is, either a self-existing essence or something accidental in it. This has just been shown and proven by testimonies of the church teachers. No truly intelligent person has ever had any doubts about this. Therefore, necessity constrains here, and no one can avoid it. If the question is asked whether original sin is a substance, that is, something existing by itself and not in something else, or whether it is a non-essential quality, that is, something not existing by itself but in another, one must confess directly and firmly that original sin is no substance, but an accident, that is, a non-essential quality. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud. If you are somewhere, it would be reasonable to do so. But praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whatever calling has been given you, or task set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.